Hi-ho, and welcome to Agitate, a safe or not-so-safe place for creatives and friends to speak their minds over a hot or cold beverage. Hi, everybody. Today, we're here with Carrie Davenport in the Mac in a very boomy-sounding room. Please excuse that. Carrie is a music photographer, mostly, shooting some big bands at concerts and in the studio. She's got a lot to say, so everybody listen up. This is Carrie Davenport. How is it going? Good, yourself? Oh, good, oh, good. Uh, there you go. I did two sugar in it, but I brought an extra one just in case. Great, thanks. No worries at all. Maybe I just haven't had a coffee yet this morning, so I had to be one half. You working this morning? No, actually, just in the house. Um, Trying to sort everything out, so I've got to be kettle sorted and off to the vets and have convinced the other half that he can stay with us. Great. <laughs> I stuck a bit of persuasion. And then just when my mommy not being well, just been running around trying to sort stuff out for her. So yeah, so I'll get up when we like really quick headshot job today this afternoon for like a lecture and that's it like so it's dead handy. Not too bad at all. I was meant to be in Dublin all week um, from tomorrow morning, but I've cancelled it just in case we're not being well. So didn't for work? Hmm? In Dublin? Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it. Uh, they said they could postpone it, no bother. So I'm gonna wait a week or two and then do it then instead when she's coming back on her feet regularly. Like so. What about you, flat out as always? Uh, it hasn't been bad. Mm. It hasn't been bad. A little location scouting this morning. Oh, awesome! Good day for us. Factory. <laughs> Factory indoors. Nice. Dusty. Oh, what? Factory. <laughs> No, you didn't make that one outdoors on a day like that. <laughs> Although that said, let's be honest, this is our summer. We'll get this for a day and then it'll be back to normal. We've had, a, we've had a pretty good summer. I mean, May and June were pretty good. May was great. May was really it's nice. just July kind of. Yeah, it's always the same. Blue. It's always a bit miserable. Like, I don't do many weddings, but there's a few friends getting married this year in July and August. And I did theirs. You've been roped in. And it just turfed it down the whole time. Like, And they should have been really... One of them was a pagan ceremony in a fort in Donegal. It should have been like the most amazing thing ever. In and it just ended up being in a hotel room. Like, in a, cause oh, no. They couldn't do it outdoors. So it was just like, it was it was hammering it down. Like there was no saving it. So it ended up, and it looked, it looked kind of bizarre because it was like this woman in a big massive black velvet cloak just floating around in like a hotel. <laughs> it was like, but I was, I think I took a horse in the bride. I was devastated. I was like, this should have been amazing. What did you end up doing? You bring a background and just, try to fake it? Nah, I just did them all in the hotel and then we got I got them outside for a little while to get them a few photos, but there's nothing you can do. Like even with the backdrops and all the, the the amount of time you have on a wedding day to get anything, like they wouldn't have time to set it all up, so they're happy enough. Like, but why like I don't know how people do them full time. I honestly don't know how people cope. Friends of mine do 35 a year. <laughs> how many? 35. <laughs> they're full time, I don't That's a full year. I don't know how they do it. I swear to you, they did 61 year and you killed the two of them. Like they were broken and I was just like, Decky and Berdine, do you know them? Simple tapestry. Oh, I think I've heard. Their work is beautiful. Like What's his, De- De- what's his last? Decky Gallon. And Bradine Baxter, they're lovely, like, but yeah, 35 a year they do. Like, I would run out of things to do with someone in a white dress. It's a routine, right? Just I think it must be, yeah. One, this two, and this three, and this. four, five, six. That's it, like, that would drive me nuts. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, we all have routines, right? It's just it's how you play them off. That's it, like. In what order you play them out on. And... 
that's it. Like their stuff is dirty hours actually at the end of the year. Like their stuff is stunningly beautiful. Like but all their brides are like just these really beautiful, like tall, slim, natural beauties and I'm like eh. <laughs> Where do you I pick those? A little bit of a contrast in your portfolio. <laughs> yeah. I think I've shot maybe six weddings in my uh, life. In my life. And that's it. <laughs> I had uh, the biggest wedding I ever did was I was a second shooter for a friend of mine. He's like a National Geographic photographer. Why? And he's changed his avenue to wedding photography. Really? And how does he find it? Is it like, I suppose you're still dealing with wildlife, aren't you? <laughs> well, the thing is, is he's in the upper end of things. Mm. So he does maybe ah, true. 12 weddings a year. But gets like six, seven grand for them, maybe more. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, if you're getting 10,000 for them, you wouldn't mind doing a few, would you like? Well, we did this, <laughs> this guy owned a clothing company in California and he rented an estate up wow. in Napa Valley. Nice. And we shot up there and it was crazy. Was it nuts? Like full, like orchestra. <laughs> out in a field for the oh wedding and it must be class to live in a world where money is no object mustn't it <laughs> none at all he's like 65 and she was 24 okay but it's his personality she loves him <laughs> no, not his dodgy heart <laughs> oh my god yeah. do you know what fair play whatever makes people happy shot it, shot it on film oh yeah last well it's the last wedding I ever shot on film. Mm. I don't do anything on film anymore at all. I miss it. Can't, I was trying to think the other day when was the last time I did anything on film. I genuinely can't even remember. Do you not? You do workshops and stuff, right? Yeah. Do you do anything on all film? All digital. All digital. All digital. Like a lot of the groups I work with would be um, more kind of. Well, also like Belfast exposed to all the film workshops, and I can't really compete with them. Like. But the digital stuff would be more like it would be groups like Action Mental Health and things like that and like men's sheds and stuff like that and I see trying to talk and spend two hours in the dark room you're going to have a mission. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to build up to it but digital photography they can use in their day to day lives so they like it and it's a good way of sneaking in some computer skills to people who have none whereas with the film stuff you'd never talk them into it like so. But they're great like sorry I'm a bit knackered this morning. <laughs> I'm trying to keep all the cats divided, it's ridiculous. How many cats do you have? Three now. Um, so we want to get two, but Lomo's very, Lomo's the original one that I rescued, yeah. and she's a wee bit mental, bless her. She's clearly dropped on her head as a kitten. Uh, she's very jealous. Uh, loves she's me. very jealous. Yeah, loves me, loves Day. That took a while. Hates everyone else, like, can't have, like, I can't pay attention to the other cat more than her, or she goes around and just kicks stuff over in the house and throws, like, temper tantrums and stuff. It's nice. Mad. She's great, but she's mental. She's like, my wee pet's so I let him go save his brother's cat because his brother and the girlfriend split up and she basically waited until he went around to her and was like I'm throwing your cat out <laughs> so we went and picked it up so it's dead with us now and then we've got Louis the new recruit but he's got cat where did you get the name Louis from? Louis de Gour yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's black and white. That was my argument, and I was going to call him Ilford, but then my mate has a cat called Ilford. So it's like, Lomo's after Lomo cameras as well. Seb's just called Seb because someone else named her. That's not our fault. And she's a girl as well, so she's called Seb, which is such a boy's name. Let me turn that off. Nobody ever phones me. So here, what old do you want? By the way, it's nice to finally get talking to you properly because it's always like. <laughs> no, I'm just. This is great. Awesome. This is it. 
totally casual. Excellent. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, building up a, a little inventory. Ooh. And then, then I'll start weeding through which ones are good and which ones are... Excellent. Iffy. <laughs> iffy. There's been a couple iffy ones. Oh, no, really? <laughs> just sound quality and stuff. That's true, actually. Because uh, usually we go downstairs to the, the landing. I... The dugout over here with the curtains. You pull the curtains and it's nice and sound. I did one in here last week and it, this room really booms a lot. Ah, uh, right. So, so it's the door's open as me. now. It's, it's a little bit better. But, it's a uh, gorgeous building, this, like... I love it. Yeah. You do quite a bit for these guys. And it's don't already you? under renovations. <laughs> what was it? The, the architect got the wrong stone or something? It the guys fall, were saying? started falling off. <laughs> Can you imagine being the person that, that designed this building to them be like, so I know it's only a couple of years old. But. And it's been, this has been in renovation for a year. Yeah, now. it's a year now already. Like, what's taking so long? Like, really? Get a team out here and get two it weeks. Done. That's it. I mean, any tourist that comes into that square, this is what they see. It's not like, I know, because the other side is lovely. The other side's still really lovely. Well, the other side, look over top of the door. That's true. <laughs> the sea is. Somebody grabbed the sea and I pulled it down. I didn't notice that, is it really? Oh, no. And that's been like that for two years. Oh, that's so bad. No, I had, we were shooting with Tanza, woman came over from, from Germany, writer came over from Germany and I toured her around for five days. Awesome. And uh, we were mostly here in the cathedral quarter and there's so many times I was just like tiptoeing and like I'd peek around corners just to make sure, okay, is this okay with this corner? <laughs> it's okay over here? Okay, good. And then bring her around. <laughs> oh, don't. We live in East Belfast and I find myself if I have friends coming up from like Derry or Dublin trying to send them like a scenic route so they don't have to take the path of flags. <laughs> so take if the you what? go the path of flags, all the oh. flags, there's just millions of them and those awful murals on the Newton Road. So you're like, so if you keep driving and yeah. um, go towards Belfast Airport and then double back around and they're like, is there not a shorter way? And you're like, no, it's okay. <laughs> and you're trying to send them like the back roads. You're like, please don't come. I have friends come up from Dublin. I, I guys actually come up one time from Dublin for a band shoot and like they phone me and they were like we don't we don't we were lost we're on this road there's flags everywhere and we're really nervous and I was like honestly lads don't worry and they were like but we have a Dublin registration plate I'm like trust me it's fine nobody around here can speak Irish they can't read Dublin off that you know? <laughs> but they were so it was like four lads in a hardcore metal band and they were so scared and I was just like it's gonna be fine I'll come down and meet you it'll be grand so I found them parked under this really terrifying looking mural and they're <laughs> holding on to each other yeah pretty much tears coming out of the corner and I'm like eyes. I'm really Sorry. <laughs> Come over and you knock on the side of the van and they go, ah! That's exactly it. <laughs> Get a bottle of clave on. But where I live, like where I live is absolutely fine, but you have to drive through it all to get to it. There's other ways around, but that way it's like, it's so bad. Like you hate telling people, it's like, yeah, so just come this way. Or like Dee's family, they're all from Derry. So I just won't let them visit in July. <laughs> I'm like, no, they can't come here. They'll see where I've made you live and it'll not be okay. <laughs> I, uh, the photo editor for this, for the Lufthansa thing. Mm. He kept trying to like sway it towards the murals. It was all about street art. Yes. Well, there's one story on street art. Which we have amazing stuff yep. here. Like, so yeah, so just wander around Cathedral Quarter, you know, and we had, uh, what's his name? 
what's the guy who was does? Adam Tarkington was yeah, the yeah, yeah, tour. Yeah. Yes. So we did, you know, we did an interview with him, and then he toured us around and told us the background on each one mm. and everything. It was really good. That's class. And then, uh, yeah, the editor from Germany is like, you got to do some of the murals. You're like, no. Oh, I really don't want to. No. Can we not sway it like to something positive and keep it This is it. And We're trying so hard to get away from those murals because so many of them are being painted over for like George Best and Rory McElroy and C.S. Lewis and all. We don't want the awful ones appearing again. It's like we're finally getting rid of some of them. So I ended up, I haven't seen the story, but I ended up having to shoot a couple mm. just to placate them. Uh, you try and find the ones that are not that bad. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I went up to the bad. international wall and there yes. was a guy actually up there painting. So I just uh, because they're quite good because they're usually a bit they're not paramilitary they're a bit more political yeah Rwanda and they change this all the time actually they change every couple of weeks which is great like I didn't realise though I drove recently I was I would be out and about driving around Belfast and I would just cut through like we shortcuts and they still close that piece will get at like weekend nights I didn't realise that I tried to drive through completely stuck I was like how is this still being closed in 2016 it's nuts like and there's still every once in a while there's paint yeah being thrown over and wee stuff. bits of other like I find that post the whole Brexit thing as well the amount of times I got into arguments with people about like just oh, like no. thinking it was okay to be completely re- I got a full blown argument with a taxi driver who started out about Muslims and I was like do you know any and he was like no and I was like well there you go <laughs> you can't really speak then can you <laughs> it's, just, it's just ignorance and and yeah you know doing what their neighbour does this is it and not knowing it is the ignorance it's like you said so not knowing anything about it like an old talk but it was the fact that people thought it was okay to say it and I was just getting in all these arguments with people I was starting to think I shouldn't just go out of the house it was just it was nuts like one of my friends works in one of my best mates from school works in she's a lecturer in Reading she does what I refer to as uh, Indiana Jonesology it's it's like ancient civilization studies and um, one of her mates got a load of racist abuse like told to go back home to his own country and taking their jobs and the rest of the nice German like he's you know blonde haired blue eyed proper like and it was like he's lived there for I think 20 years and he's a professor of some really like tiny specialist subject and he was kind of like if you think you can do my job you come on ahead and it was just but it was like that was the first time he's ever had anything and he's lived in the UK for I think 20 years I got it are you serious I got some in the spring I was in Moira I was trying to walk across the street and there was a lady with a carriage with a baby carriage on the other side of the road and nobody was stopping for her it was right in Moira nobody would stop and I I was getting really frustrated like yeah that's just rude yeah so I finally I just I walked out and I stood in the middle of the road and I held back and this woman driving this red BMW starts laying on the horn and screaming at me, right? You're trying to help a woman cross the road. I go, excuse me, you know, she's trying to cross the road, she's being patient, you guys should be patient. And she heard my voice, Yeah. she heard my accent, and she screams out, why don't you just go back to your own country? Oh my goodness. I think I just love my country. (laughs) I pay my taxes. I live here. Go away. Three 
three seconds that her day would have been slowed down by letting that girl cross the road. Like, you know, but, you, know you can't you can't judge people by their appearance. You or their accent. Or by yeah. their religion. You can't by beliefs. None of that. No, this no is way. exactly it. At the end of the day, we're all people, and and you can't judge A on the actions of B. Exactly. You know, because somebody is a terrorist and he is of a certain color or religion or that has nothing to do with this guy, same guy in the mirror image two thousand miles away. I get particularly angry coming from this country because for years Northern Irish people and Irish people traveling abroad were obviously seen as being involved in terrorism and you'd go, you and the rat and all the rest of it. So like as a country that knows what it feels like to be treated like that, to have assumptions made. Treat people here should be so much more sympathetic. It shouldn't be a case of oh send them home. It's like and even people here as well, there's so many people I know, like family members and all that have moved away. Absolutely. Because they couldn't live here because it wasn't a safe country to live in. So therefore then whenever people move here because they're refugees, I don't understand why people in this country can't be more understanding. Because people are moving here. They're not moving here for the crack. You know, it's like they're moving here because they have nowhere else to go. Yeah. And they, uh, oh they, they brought a mobile phone. I'm like that doesn't mean they're rich, that just means they want to keep in touch with their family. <laughs> and they think that this is a better life. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> This is a better life. And that's 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 their vision. That's great. That's awesome that they feel that this is better for them. This is it. And there's people will move Wait here. Wait till they stay here for a year. And they'll end up, like, there's people will come here that will end up begging on the streets, but it's still safer and better than where they were back home. It's just, oh, people don't realize what they have. It's just, it ruins me. You know what, though? There are people begging on the streets, and there are people up there selling the big issue. Yeah. But you know what? They're begging on the street, and they're selling the big issue. Yeah. They're not at home drinking beer and watching their 52-inch plasma exactly. TV that they got. They're still earning money. It's like, yeah, yeah even people like busking, they're still earning money. They're still doing something. Yeah, it ruins my luck. Because that's the thing. It's like, we're lucky. I'm enough. sure if you gave one of those people a shovel yeah. and told them to dig a hole, <laughs> they'd they do they it. they dig a hole. Exactly. They'd do it for you. They'd do anything. That's it. Like, it's nuts. It ruins me. But especially here. And then we're kind of like, I mean, I know... I know how lucky I am to do a job that I love and to make a living out of it. And a lot of people don't have that. What so do you they, do? Um, just all photography. So what do you do? I do, I do. <laughs> Teaching photography too, though, which I really like. And then just, yeah, I just get to talk to people about cameras then, so that's great. <laughs> I find it actually, weirdly, I think I like it better than the photography, which is weird. Never thought I'd say that. Because it means I get to like... What are you, a camera salesman? Nah, yeah. <laughs> No, I just get a job at Calumet. No, Angus could talk me under the table about cameras like he knows his stuff better than me. (laughs) Would never let me in there. Spend all the wages. No, see the whole like the teaching side of it. I love it. It's so good because you get to actually get other people to be passionate about what you love and getting people involved in it. It's class. Like, Mm -hmm. and then but the chance to get to do something like that is amazing. And then there's people here that have nothing and they've come all this way to try and get a better life and they still have nothing. But they're still happy to be here and be safe. People should be way more sympathetic. Yep. Anyway, it could be you. It could be you. Yeah. yeah well, this is the way exactly you were born. It. it was just weird. This is you the were thing. Born. I am lucky enough to have a family who are amazing. Uh, my my mom and dad, when I said I wanted to go to art college and I wanted to be a photographer, there was never any, oh, you can't do that, you need to get a proper job. It was like, you do whatever you want to do and we'll help you out. And whenever I was earning no money trying to build a portfolio, I could live with them. They let me live there for free. They helped me out. My granny left, my, my granny passed away when I was 14 and she left money in her will, which bought me my first camera. So she helped start me out. But there's like, there's never any place I would be in 
that I would have nowhere to go. Because if I lost my, I say I, I lost my arms and I couldn't take my photos anymore, I went blind or something like that. Because you never know. There's still people who would help me out. I have friends, I have yeah. family, I have places to go. And Lucky. Yeah, people Lucky. don't have that. There's people yeah. that are completely alone yeah. in this world. And it's like, well, what do they do then? Where do they go? And I don't think people realize quite how important that is. Look. Yep. Even that poor wee cat the other day that I found, like, the girl in the sanctuary, because a wee bit of rope with me. She was a bit like, the rainbow sanctuary were amazing, they're all going to pick up the other ones. But she was a wee bit, it was like I was trying to just get rid of my cat, and I was like, I'm not trying to get rid of my cat. I found this wee cat and it's a stray, and to be honest, I don't want to give it up. Yeah. And um, But like, I'm lucky enough that I had the spare money to take it to a vet and get it sorted out. But a lot of people wouldn't have that, you know? So it's like, it's like they would have just had to throw him out again, and I was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> So now he lives with me, because I can't let him go. <laughs> Three. Three. Yeah, there's more cats than humans now. This is bad. They're taking... They're outnumbering you. They're outnumbering. <laughs> Plotting. I'm going to be They're like all that. sitting in the front window watching you when you come home. <laughs> uh, shit. It's back. <laughs> Red human is home. Hopefully she brought food. Yeah, that's exactly it. I am their food supplier. I am under no false pretensions. I'm going to be that crazy cat lady on The Simpsons that throws cats at people. <laughs> That is the dream. Loads of wee cats, just a wee cat army. We got, we got two kittens a couple Aww. weeks ago. They're living in the in the bathroom right now. Oh, till they're bigger and can fend for themselves. I could use all the dogs and all as well, actually. So yeah. We got Emily and Maynard. Oh, <laughs> where'd the names come from? That's great. From my aunt Emily. Oh. Who is like this tiny little woman, and then Maynard from Tool. Class. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> That's so good. I didn't realize you guys had so many dogs. And I was reading that Belfast Telegraph thing. That's class. Like. Yeah, they got it wrong. Did they get it wrong? Yeah. Oh no. I mean, we don't have 17. No, how many? We have 39. 39, oh my goodness, they rounded that we down have, a bit. We have, we have 17 in the cabin with us. Yes. And our cabin is maybe 50% bigger than this room. Yeah. Oh, where else do you guys live then? Are you... Up by the airport. Ah, oh, yeah. Up oh, us, you've got a wee bit of ground around them then. Yeah. That's yeah. class, like. Because we also have horses. Yes, sheep, foxes. Fox. <laughs> all sorts. Yeah. So we need the ground, but we don't use all of it. We, we keep, we have about five acres or six acres Poor to them. ourselves. And then it's Olivia's family's place. Oh, class! So, I mean, it's just her mom now. So yes. There, she's not using the land, obviously. So, we Olivia lets up the rest of the riding stables next door. Oh, that's great, so actually. Yeah. They use it, but it keeps you on your toes. I would say so. <laughs> From sun up till. Yeah. It's not 12, like you can swan off for two weeks holiday when you've got thirty-nine animals to look after. What's that? You can't really swan off on holiday when you've thirty-nine animals. We haven't had holidays in years. You can book me in. I'll go up and look after them first. Yeah. <laughs> it's recorded now, so you can hold me to that. Mental. <laughs> it's especially. I don't think I know what to do with a horse now. Especially in the summer when it's hot, the cabin gets really hot. Yes. We have to keep the doors open and all the windows open. That's true, actually. So the dogs are always roaming around trying to find shade and keep cool. So if somebody comes on the property like we have right now, there's construction workers doing construction on a thing. We have to keep an eye on things and sometimes yes. come and go with deliveries. We have to close the doors and then... Because the dog hot. wouldn't be used to the people being around, so... Well, we have a couple of dogs that would 
wouldn't necessarily be the safest to be around. Yes, getcha. They're, they're good with us, like strangers and stuff. Aye. One of my old assistants came over yesterday, and it was a laugh. They know him, they love him. Uh, and he's the only person that can take them. Yes. Can take all the barking. and <laughs> So he shows up, and they just all go crazy. And it's like, look at me, look at me, take me, please fall. Running around, we're trying to do some work, some construction work. And just yeah. and you look, and like there's two laying on your feet, oh. like in the toolbox, and everywhere, everywhere. That's class. That's amazing. We had a big staffy for 14 years. My dad bought him as a guard dog, um, and uh, they broke. They, they stole our car from outside the house one night while the dog slept beside sure. the door. Didn't even wake up. Staffy's not a guard dog. <laughs> teddy bear. That's all they are. They're the nanny dogs. So funny. Oh, they really are. Like, Baby he was such dogs. a big suck. Like, so, um, yeah, it was hilarious. My dad was like, he bought him as a guard dog. And like, our default. I remember one time those people come in to do work in the house. We said about construction reminded me. They had put a dust sheet over them. They were fixing our windows because the window broke. We live in like a wee bungalow in Finnicky when I was growing up. And um, they, they had to fix the windows because there was like leaking condensation in the windows. And they had to put a dust sheet over the dog because they couldn't actually get him out of his bed to work around. It was like, <laughs> they just left him there snoring under his seat. And I'm like, I dad guard dog. <laughs> drills. And Loads of people wandering about the house and all like dog didn't even get out of its bed. <laughs> Hilarious. Although my brother has a Sharpay and it's it's the same. It likes us, hates everybody else. People oh, can't yeah. even walk past the house or it goes mental. Little dog syndrome. It's actually quite big. It's bigger than I thought. It's like it looks like a hippo in a fur coat. It's this big oh, yeah, wrinkly yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's apparently their bread is like guard dogs, I think in yeah. probably probably wrong, like Tibet or something like that. They're like an Asian breed. Yeah. And um it goes absolutely daft. Like if anybody even walks past the house, it's just nuts like. Loves us. Bites you all the time, like but doesn't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't break the skin. No, it just kind of chews you and slabbers all over you. It's lovely. It's like, you know, you're just covered in drool constantly. <laughs> so, uh, what was I going to say? Getty. Mm. Anything interesting? They just kind of make me work away, to be honest. Um, they send you lists? No, actually, well, it varies depending. Um, I send them pitches for music. So with the music photography, it's for the Red Ferns Library, which Getty bought over. So it would be, I pitch gigs, and then they ask around, usually at the Guardian and stuff like that, take them. So they ask around who wants them, and then they'll send you to some quite random stuff, like some bands that are just like tiny up-and-coming bands, which is kind of class. Oh, and yeah. then other times it'll be really massive things like Taylor Swift and ACDC and stuff like that. So you get to go to loads of gigs, which is great. Um, do they make you do any, do they organize any sort of assignment stuff though? Like where you would actually take photographs of specific photographs? Bits and pieces. Um, the, not so much on the music stuff because backstage access and things like that would be very limited. Mm -hmm. uh, I find now, I used to do loads of offstage portraits, but I find now it's getting increasingly harder and harder to get any access at all with all the contracts and music. The contracts are a nightmare. I bet. They're 
churchiest, or I just refuse to sign most of them. To, unless it's something that's, if it's a fairly laid back one, like you can't, some of them would be things like you can't edit the images, you can't sell them for the likes of printing t-shirts and posters, things like that. Totally understand sure. that. That's fine. You know, they need to promote their gigs and I totally get that. But then you get really ridiculous ones, which are like, you can use one photo in one editorial feature once and that's it. You can't use anything for your own portfolio. You can't use anything. And you can't as a use anything for your own portfolio. Yeah, some of them are really ridiculous. They always start off with, in the I hereby agree in the exchange of the sum of one pound because it's not legally binding. Now, you never get the pound. Yeah. <laughs> you never so see that. So contract is void. <laughs> well, this is exactly it. I'm like, is the contract even real then? Because I never got my part of the bargain. Um, but you get... Had a couple of really ridiculous ones. The Taylor Swift, there was loads of like Ferrari about Taylor Swift's contract, yeah. but I didn't have to sign one, which was weird because I was there as her tour photographer. Basically, there was kind of an agreement made where I would work with her PR company and they would pick what was sent out, and then and that was it kind of thing. And okay, so that is still you're not really getting free say, they're just picking, but you know, you didn't have to sacrifice your copyright or your images, you were still getting to keep the stuff, Great. and it was just a case of wow. You know, as long as you didn't use so anything that would, was damaging to so her reputation. So would have signed the contract then? Would Getty have signed the contract? Apparently not. Apparently we didn't. But um, all the other freelance photographers that were there did have to. And then the Foo Fighters, I got stung a couple of times yeah. with the Foo Fighters. For Dave Grohl, nicest man in rock apparently, but I went down the way to Slane to shoot it. And it was all organised. Getty had organised it all. It would be contract free. It was a really big deal that we were getting to shoot it and actually send it out. And it worked. It should have worked out brilliantly because it was contributor, which means you get a percentage of sales, not a one-off fee but because it was the first Foo Fighters gig that like the agency had ever been allowed to shoot it should have made me really good money because yeah. it would have been the first time actually getting and the guys in Getty were like this is great like they, they will give you the offer which you want to take to like some things will just be contributors some things will just be stringer is the day shift but for something like this they were like right well this should make really good money it's not fair to pay you stringer because you'll make more and then shot the gig and all and then on the way out of the photo pit got stopped by one of the security guards um, they were like yeah you need to sign this contract and I was like no 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 this was all organised in advance this was all done we have access there's no contract blah 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 and just basically miscommunication between management and management in and you couldn't go up the food America. chain and no nobody couldn't even phone for help it was in Slane and there was no phone reception no Wi-Fi, no anything so got out of the site gave them a ring and it just ended up basically I refused to sign the contract so I just had driven to Slane and shot this gig and for no reason at all like absolutely so what, what happens to the images uh, they're just sitting on a hard drive still, basically still mate just sitting there yeah to be honest though I never signed anything saying I wouldn't use them so I don't know how that works a lot of them have a deadline on them yeah. but you don't want to land yourself in bother because it's you know I don't think I can afford a lawyer as good as Dave Crowe's <laughs> so it's like but I hate it I hate the contract side of things because oh, it used sure. to be you just went and shot a gig and even years ago as well like I can remember being at gigs where I was the only person there or there was maybe four or five people there at the very start we were shooting on film uh, Kodak T-Max 1600 and um, so it was hard it was really hard to get a good shot so people didn't really do it whereas now you'll go to a gig and there'll be like tea in the park recently I think for the Red Hot Chili Peppers there must have been 30 people in the photo pit maybe more a couple of people with camera phones there's a guy beside me with like a wee compact camera and he had a photo pass and you're like 
blogger or something. Yeah, the, the, the dreaded blogger with the iPhone taking selfies instead of actually looking at the band. And you're like, you've used up a photo pass that somebody can actually be working with. And um, the Stone Roses, we got hit with a contract for them, which I refused to sign, so I didn't shoot them. Because it was like a limited use and signing over copyright and the band can have access to all your images to do with as they please. And I'm just like, I'm not signing that. Not a chance. Like, at the start, I did sign a few because... Possibly a case of not knowing any better, because like six or seven years ago, you were just like, well, if I don't shoot it, or if I don't sign it, I don't get to shoot it. Mm. Whereas now I'm like, well, it's no benefit to me anyway, so there's no point shooting it and editing images that I can't use and therefore don't get paid for. So, yeah, it's a melt. Like, music photography's really changed. I think that's why I kind of. I've started doing loads of other stuff because I just I can't sick do it. Of it. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm sick of I arguing do. for people for the rights to my own images and like sick of the Getty stuff is great because you can actually make money off it that way. Most bands, it's just like they see giving you the privilege to shoot them as being payment enough for the work. Yeah. And that's not, you know, they don't they don't let people come to just watch them for free. You know, they get paid for the songs they write and the songs that they perform. So why therefore did the people that publicize them not get that? Really annoys me. I shot Lee Scratch Perry. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Was it my photographs oh, really? were horrible. Oh, no. I can't shoot music to save my life. Live events. Really? Obviously, ah. you do so much commercial stuff with like, the lighting and everything that yeah. you're used to controlling and all. Yeah, and like shooting at 3,200, 6,400, just, and, you know, and horrible light. Where was the gig, though? Here. In the Mac? Uh, or was it in the black box? It's a disaster. It's so dark. No, no, it was Custom House. Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, it's really dark. Oh. It's and like, just, you know, like horrible lighting on him. And he's what? Like 100 years 190 old. or something. Like so that. nothing is flattering. Oh. But you didn't have to worry about movement. Yeah. That was like a tenth of a second shutter speed. You like, right there. Just, all, all he did was shuffle across the oh, stage. It was like, shh, shh. Oh dear, love him. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's no good. Sometimes the lighting is terrible. One of my good friends, Paul, is a, a lighting engineer, and his favorite type of lighting is like all dark and moody, with like a bit of red, and that's pretty much it. Like a nine-inch nail. I, uh, it's you know whatever. Stage. Oh man, he did explosions in the sky, and I love them. And I actually, it was a band I went to shoot just because I wanted to shoot them. And I got there, and I did the. I stood in the pit for the first song. Didn't even lift the camera, and then was like, nah, <laughs> just just gave up. Put the camera away and just went and watched the. Show. So, so what do you end up doing when it's so dark? Do you, do you pre-focus on spots? That, like there's so little you can do. My focus gear, on the microphone and just hope, hope that for the best. comes back to it. This is it. Kind of just adjust for it and hope for the best. Um, that Explosions in the Sky gig is probably the worst gig I've ever shot. Ever. It was so bad looking. I did Sunno. Or some, I always get their name wrong. They're like this doom band, this really atmospheric doom band. That in the black box, I brought the camera down to it. It was so dark, you couldn't even focus on them. Just gave it up. It's a bad job. <laughs> and like, if you use a flash, you're ruining the gig for everybody. Sure. So there's nothing really you can do. So I just kind of, there's the odd one you just have to write off and be like, you know what? There's nothing I can do here. Then on the other contrast, you've got a festival in broad daylight with like the 200 mil lens on, and it's like f11 and 200 to the second, and you're blinded, and you're just—it's so devoid of any atmosphere, and you're just—I hate using—I never use a flash anyway because it ruins the atmosphere. Yeah. But I do find—I think I've just branched out from music stuff because it just could. It is the. It starts off. I kind of started doing it because friends were in bands, and I started shooting them. That's how I got into it. There was no. 
no misunderstanding of glamour and hanging out with bands and touring the world and all. I was just, I like listening to music. And I think a lot of people get into it thinking, oh, we're going to meet bands and it's going to be so glamorous. And then you realise you're going to stand in your wellies and your waterproof gear with it lashing down on you for eight hours at a festival and it's miserable. <laughs> it's like war photography would probably be preferable at that point. And probably less horrific than some of the sites you see. <laughs> Um, and it was just like, yeah, I just kind of, I think it's just, everything's very DIY now and that's great, but it's like, oh, my mate with a camera, I'm sure you get this too, my mate has a camera, he can do this. And you're like, oh, no, we can't. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, this is Call it. Call yeah, me give it a go. when it doesn't work out for you. But you know what? Very rarely you get that phone call. I've had it a couple of times, actually. Because they, they don't want to swallow their pride. They don't want to admit it. I had, um, I had a couple cancelled their wedding photography with me because their uncle was going to do it as a wedding present. And I was like, please don't, please. And you sound like you're just trying to make money. And I'm like, please don't. I'm like, look, I know what I'm doing here. I'm good at organizing. Wedding photography is not necessarily, okay, you got to be a good photographer, but you got to be bossy. You got to be able to round people up. You got to get people that don't want to be photographed, who want to go for a drink or stand outside in the sun or talk to go somewhere and be photographed. And it's a it's like herding cats. It's insane. And I was like, look, I'm sure your uncle's great at taking photos of landscapes and birds, but, you know, he's not going to be good at this. And then they came back afterwards, can you fix these photos? And you're just like, no. <laughs> like, fix what? I re fix a wedding fix a wedding? I actually re-photographed a wedding once. They staged it? They staged it. They had to. The photos were so bad. So bad. And it was uh, a girl who will remain nameless because she made me promise never to name her because a friend did the photos. And she thought he would be really offended that she reshot the wedding. But he did the photos. It was he was like an amateur photographer, all in the landscapes. Wanted to do them as a wedding present, and I didn't actually know her. And her sister and her sister phoned me, and she was like crying her eyes out in the background because she just got her wedding photos back. And her sister was like, "Right, I'm gonna phone a friend and see if there's anything she can do." And she sent me them over, and she's like, "Is there any way you can fix these? Anything you can do with these?" And she sent the photos, and I just looked at them and kind of flippantly said, "I could shoot the wedding again quicker than I could fix these in Photoshop." Because the framing was off, the light was meh. They were exposed well, not nice, but you know they were they were lit. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't really dark. The lights were all right. Um, there was one photo in particular where the bride and groom were standing about four foot apart, and he's clearly not focused the camera right. So in the background, there's this cow just staring right at the camera, and the cow is perfectly in focus. That's great. That sounds like an amazing photograph. <laughs> I kind of like that because it was so bad. So the bride and groom are like looking up as the directions and this guy is just staring at the camera. Can you imagine that framed on your wall? I, I kind of liked it. It was so bad. I like they're cutting the cake. They literally look like they've never met each other. It's so awkward. And I just sort of said, I could reshoot this. I was like, there's nothing I could. I'd actually had to clip them out and like put them in the new backgrounds. And then she came back and she was like, well, she says if she puts her dress back on again, can you reshoot it? And I was, yeah, why not? It was the easiest one I ever did. It was brilliant. There was yeah. no, no relatives. No Stand there and move there too. That, yeah, uh, it was brilliant. It was great. I'll we, light this. We did I'll it on their anniversary, that. so it was like an anniversary <laughs> present. So it worked That's out great. Cool. I had like my reflectors. I had time to do stuff. I love doing weddings because people, people will look back on the stuff. That's the thing I like about it. They're very stressful, but people will keep the photos. Whereas the music stuff and all the rest of it, you know. It's dated. It used to be like the likes of like, you know, like Ross Halfen and all the rest of it. Like Anton Corbin. All that stuff is going to be looked back on for years, but not now, not when it's all digital. You know, there's not going to be a Mick Rock in our generation, I don't reckon. Hopefully, but I don't. I doubt it. Oh, Danny! No, Danny Clinch is amazing, actually. Yeah. So he's so you've got that kind of thing there, but. 
the wedding stuff people will at least look back on and treasure and it's really nice but it was just like so yeah these uh, there was nothing I could do <laughs> but it was great to shoot no wedding with no relatives and no drink yeah. it was great it was glorious lovely weather no stress <laughs> did you hear that thing that's going down with Getty in that lawsuit oh no with the woman who uh -oh. she she found a bunch of her images online <gasps> Or no, sorry, she didn't find images online. Getty contacted her with like a cease and desist and an invoice saying that she was using their, their images. But in fact, Getty had her images. She had supplied her images to a non-profit, like a stock image yeah. bank. But it was a, where she donated them or something and they were meant for, for one purpose only. And they shared them. And they got into Getty's library somehow. Oh. And she's suing them for like $1 billion. Ooh. You haven't heard that one? No. You gotta look it up. I've had a week of no internet. Which oh, is really it's, it's, it's amazing. That and, is nuts. And and they kept that's a they, really major mess. They kept going back parts. to her saying, "You owe us this money," and she's like, "Those are my photographs. You owe me money." And she just be that's the, really bad on the part of whoever like for the pure pig-headedness of it all. She just said a billion dollars, billion dollars, suing you. That's and, mad. And supposedly it's gonna go yeah to court. It will go. To court. Yeah, that's not so. See, that's really scary that someone can get your work like that. That's like, you know, she's yeah, get, she's donated those in trust, and then they. How did Getty get hold of them? And why would they think? That you know, is, there's still the metadata. The metadata is still going to be on them if it's at an image bank somewhere. That's true. That's random. See, they own a few of the stock sites, don't they? Oh, yeah. But. That should be marked that it's not to be shared. If it was only for one use, that shouldn't be. Well, if Getty, I think, you know, if the image bank is selling an image, as they sell the image, they should be knowing who gets the commission. Yeah. So that's it, exactly. I got this image, who's getting the commission? That's a fair Is it one. not this woman here? So was <laughs> it just going back to the, the stock site or yeah? Because they felt that they had it, they owned it. That's it was mad. their property. That's a fairly major mess up on somebody's part, like but so there was a guy here, um, he, do you remember the Rihanna, whenever Rihanna did the thing in the field, like, and he took photos of her, and Topshop managed to lift the image and print it on t-shirts, and like, put them everywhere, and I think he won that, um, as far as I know, he won that case, like, and got a decent settlement out of it, but, like, they just lifted that image, and printed a ton of t-shirts, and sold them for a fortune, without even I'm asking. sure Rihanna probably, Rihanna probably had something to say about it, too. Yeah, that's it, exactly. I mean, that's her image. It's nuts, like, yeah, that's true, actually. It's mad, like, it's kind of scary. I don't really put anything up high-res at all. I remember when that happened. We were, like, four fields over shooting. Yes. We were shooting Lidl, I think it was. Oh, yeah. In a potato field, and they were like four fields <laughs> over doing the music video. And you, they had closed off the roads and stuff. Yes. You couldn't, you couldn't get down. I didn't go anywhere near it. I can't be allowed to that paparazzi stuff. <laughs> I'm stalking people and running around along lenses can't be having it. <laughs> I was having a slow time in, in LA once when I lived there. Not a bad place to have a slow time. <laughs> well, it was it was kind of slow. Like uh, it, my, a couple of my clients had sort of ceased. Mm. 
So I was looking for a little extra cash and a friend of a friend had given me a name to go see at an agency, but they hadn't said what kind of agency it was. Yes. And they asked me to come in and I said like, okay, okay. You know, I'm pretty good at retouching. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll come in. So I go in and I had this full blown meeting with, it wasn't TMZ, but it was like TMZ. Yes. Like a full on paparazzi agency. <laughs> and they had, they had me sitting there with Sarah Michelle Geller images, <laughs> like 20 Sarah Michelle Geller images of her walking down Rodeo Drive. Yeah. And they're like, okay, Rob, you have to pick four images and you have to caption them, metadata them, and do light color correction and touches. Fuck, are you serious? I'm like, what? What's this place called? I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, I do not. I'm, I'm like trying to type on the keyboard and like my fingers aren't aren't behaving and I can just tell my oh, whole body you don't want to do it's that. just rejecting this whole idea and I just I just I think I just walked out I can't even remember it's I probably blacked yeah, out yeah it's oh. definitely it's not for me like I remember so. you know like going into restaurants and stuff yeah. and them just lurking really oh, bands of them like bands See, because like we're in Rhode Island, what are you going to do, like, stalk Jimmy Nesbitt? <laughs> yeah. Imagine living like that. That must become so exhausting. Who would want to be famous? Like? I've, I've been to a few functions in LA, mm. and it's hilarious when you are going into these functions, and they're like, they're whispering away to each other, like, who the fuck is he? I don't know, just take pictures now. And they start taking pictures, and they're like, hi. You're throwing a little pose at them, and then they go, ah, fuck, he's nobody. Well, thank you. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? So you don't miss that side of America, then? No. How long did you live in L.A.? I lived in, oh, I lived in the South Bay in Redondo Ooh. Beach and Hermosa Beach. So I lived there for four years nice. or so. I lived up close to Santa Barbara for three or four years as well. I'm too Irish to cope with that amount of sunshine out of Vaporate. Santa Barbara area where I live, Carpinteria, was amazing. Was it lovely, yeah? So beautiful. And and again, if you had to live in LA, live in the beach community, yeah. like Redondo or Hermosa Beach. Like Hermosa Beach is the most laid back well, Hermosa and Redondo Beach would both be pretty laid back, but Hermosa is a little bit more organized, whereas Redondo can yes. be a little sketchy at times because it's a little closer to Torrance, a little more in the inland. Aye. But, uh, yeah, three-minute walk to the beach. I mean, when I lived in Carpinteria up near Santa Barbara, I, I go out to the beach at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Nobody on the beach. Oh, gorgeous. You'd sit there, roll out your beach mat, meditate, and you'd hear splashes, and you'd look, and there'd be dolphins playing in the That's water. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've still got the outdoor life. It's not as sunny. <laughs> Oh. But we've got a lot of green grass. <laughs> a lot of green. A lot of green. A lot of green. Green moss. Green We're good at old green. green. <laughs> I, 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 where we are now, just walk out the door. Yeah. I can sit on the porch, just sit on the steps and just class, take like. it all in. Like, this year is amazing. We have so many birds. So many birds. Mm. Like, the past couple of years, it's been quiet. Uh, 
plant this year. Like hundreds of starlings and sparrows. And, oh, it's so nice. So nice to hear them. And Olivia's got chickens. We got 12 chickens. Awesome. So all the birds sort of congregate together on the side of the house. Gang up in case the cats are about, basically, yeah. <laughs> I kind of wanted to get chickens. Um, like, we rescue ch chickens, but then I have cats, and it just seemed like a recipe for disaster in a mm. small house with a small garden. Art, we have a couple cats who go into the chicken area. And they're fine. And they sleep. Really? Cats go in to sleep that's in that area. Mad. We have one cat that sleeps on top, top of the chicken coop. Right on top. That's just a tweet. Just looks down. Just looks down when he's awake. That's mad. He's not looking to hunt. My cats regularly bring me birds and mice, all of which get rescued and put back out unless they're not fit to. They don't ever seem to kill them. They just seem to bring me them and let them fly around the house, which is great crack. You know, like running around trying to catch a pigeon. <laughs> a pigeon. Pigeons, starlings. She tried a seagull once. Never tried that again. Learned the hard way on that one. Yeah. That's um, a lot of bird. Yeah. She came in with like a tail, and the seagull was like it was the size of a rottweiler. This thing like its wingspan filled the backyard of our house and it was just trying to peck her eyes out in fairness like the cat brought it on herself she did attack it first but uh, I heard this howling noise and I came rolling down and the seagull was just trying to attack her and the cat was looking at me like what did I do <laughs> you picked on somebody you shouldn't have so she's learned she's never gone near a seagull and we have a bird feeder that I have strategically positioned in the middle of a pond so that the cats can't get it because Good if they idea. get it they get soaked and they have water so it's alright so the birds are perfectly safe that's <laughs> great that's like, strategically positioned so none of them can get anywhere near it so you had any interesting shoots lately? with the local I do a lot for the OEA Music Centre um, and they do a thing called Scratch My Progress every year which is a mentoring programme for younger bands up and coming bands and they get crap because you get to actually take a bit of time and do something fun so five bands this year uh, one it's a girl called Amor she's a soloist that we're shooting in Templemore Ballads and like the old abandoned swimming pool mm -hmm. so that'll be a good crack uh, in one, where? in where? like there's like an abandoned like a derelict swimming pool in Templemore Ballads it's like an old Templemore Victorian era uh, East Belfast actually I didn't know they were still open but a friend was talking about it he was in it recently so they were going to sort that out for us which would be class like did one last night which was all nice and girly it's a girl band called Voxen kind of girl band sounds like the Spice Girls it's not it's quite moody kind of <laughs> I don't really know how to explain it. Like right away is. Metaler, I don't really know how to explain it. <laughs> kind of like the Rue sort of feel, so a wee bit electronic y, but a bit more moody, a bit more atmospheric. Um, really good, actually. Very out of my normal cup of tea, but really good. Mm -hmm. So we were doing something really, they wanted to do like a whole It's My Party and I'll Cry I Want to kind of vibe, so like sparkly curtains and kind of a bit high fashion. Do you have so a studio? Nice. Not anymore. Um, I used to rent the space in yeah, actually, but I find that most of my work's on location. I was yeah. never in it. I would go in and I was forcing myself to go in like twice a week to make up for the fact I was paying rent on it. And driving in traffic, the only thing that puts me in a bad mood is driving in traffic. I can't cope with it. Really? I can't do this. It just stresses me out. Turn up the music? So much. There's only so many times you can listen to Call Me Al on That's my What about podcasts? <laughs> you ever listen to podcasts? Oh, even actually, yeah. So I need to get, I just, I, it just stresses me out so much. So I just, I got Comedy podcast. That could be the way to go, actually, you know. Wee bit of Jim and Jeffries, sorted. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Just, I just gobble them up, like, just... <laughs> 
amazing how much... See, I find stuff like that I really want to concentrate on, and that's not really a good idea when you're driving. I hate driving anywhere, unless it's at night. If I'm driving at night and really relaxing, I hate driving during the day. Um, <laughs> relaxing, just, driving at night. I know! I close my eyes, <laughs> all relaxed. <laughs> Cup of coffee in one hand, white snake blaring on the stereo, singing along, great. <laughs> It's a good thing. I generally won't take people in the car with me anywhere because then they'll witness the horror that is me singing away to myself on the way home to like poison or Europe or something. It's always good. Pretending I've got good taste in music, but it's complete lies. It really is. So what, what's in the what's in the car right now in the way of music? Right, it's my mum's car, so it has a better collection of music. I, my car filled in the so I borrowed my mum's ridiculous red sports car. It's awful. <laughs> it's not exactly understated. I'm always making fun of her for having a boy racer is it, car. Is it convertible too? It's no, it's a big It's be perfect with your hair. Like, it's the exact same colour as my hair. It's a Hyundai Sports Coupe. I'm always making fun of her for it. I can't get into it. My mum's tiny. My mum's only like five foot. She's a wee pocket-sized petite woman. And this car is, is so low that it kills me getting in and out of it. I've hit my head off it so many times. But uh, thanks to it being her car, it has a good selection of music, so it's got the Stones and Fleetwood Mac in it at the moment. Oh, yeah. My car has the entire back catalogue of Kiss. <laughs> Although, I've got some decent stuff. I love Kiss. I love cheesy. Any music where a man sings like a woman, I'm basically happy. <laughs> Pretty much me, like. Uh, I should have been born. Silver Sun pickups. Oh, yeah. I wasn't that in years. There's a guy that with is a woman's guy voice. That sings like a woman, like... I love a bit of New York Dolls, anything cheesy, glam rock, ACD, all stuff I can't sing along to Great. because I have a really deep voice, so basically I can't sing along. Fallen Angel by Poison is my happy song. No matter how bad a mood I'm in, that cures me instantly. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. It's it's such a tragedy. You listen to the lyrics, it's so miserable, but it's great. <laughs> and then if I'm trying to, and Clutch, Clutch are my favourite band. Play a lot of them. Yeah. They're, they're a big favourite. Depends what mood I'm in. I used to listen to a lot more angry music. I've chilled out of it. There's not as much. You can't really edit listening to Pantera. You can't really chill out and get into the zone, you know? <laughs> yeah, music to retouch to. Yeah. Not really. Instrumental stuff is the way to go. Oh, yeah. I, I have three radio stations I listen to. You know Soma FM? Yes. You ever hear of them? They have Drone Zone, Grooves Out, Salad, and something else. But yeah, instrumentals. Yeah, you need something chill. Like. Anything from Godspeed, you Black Emperor, down. Like Mogwai, them, down. Yeah. Anything more than that, Too much. and I lose it. I start listening to lyrics. I start... Uh, See, that's it. Then you forget yourself when you stop. I've, um, I find this band called Boris, who are like this weird Japanese kind of... Boris? Boris, yeah. Instrumental band, and they're great. It's just cool. like kind of droney Japanese instrumental rock. It's very random. It's great. Uh, I used to listen to... There's the band that always... Always confused with Godspeed You Black Emperor and I've done it again. Begins with G. Ah, it'll come back to me. I was still, I bought a Godspeed You Black Emperor album because I thought it was theirs. <laughs> but then I discovered Godspeed You and I was like, oh this is great. There we it's go. Amazing. So that worked out brilliant. Like, they played... God is an astronaut. There we go. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was it. They're they're a lot more 
of an organized yes. composition. Godspeed, you Black Emperor just played in Scotland or something? Oh. Or they're, or they, they're playing in Scotland? I'll have to look that up. Me and my There's only one UK... Is that it? Yeah. My boy played here once years ago and they said Belfast was the rudest audience they'd ever had because they talked over their music and they said they'd never come back. Really? <laughs> Shit. Belfast people are bad for talking over quiet music. Like, they really are. Irish but if it's traditional music... Oh yeah, then you can just join in. Shut exactly. up. Like, there's no talking. You can sing, but you can't talk. The Wolfstones were playing at Fela the other night. Uh, Paul was doing the lights, and there was people letting flares off in the crowd and all. It was like full-scale chaos. What? <laughs> in a tent. What? Flares? Holy jeez. And where was this? In Fela, up in Paul's Park. <laughs> they had a fairly mixed lineup. They had the Cooks, All Saints, and Wolfton. The Wolftones played every year because, like, you can't go wrong with a Wolftones in my Belfast. Like, yeah. <laughs> jeez. Haven't seen that in a while. That's safe flowers at a gig. I think the last concert I saw, well, last gig I saw, was I took Olivia to go see Tricky. Oh, how was that? Horrible. Was it awful? <laughs> Awful. I'm not sure so that's a bad as well. So embarrassing. You know what? She knows. She knows. Uh, shit. The band. Massive Attack. She knows Massive Attack. She likes Massive Attack. Yes. You know, reasonable. She, the Tricky. She's. She kind of is into Tricky. She just. It's a little bit. You were but, hoping to push her in yeah, a little further, or right? So he was. He was great as a person. Like walk, walking around. I think it was at the limelight. Mm. He's walking around talking to people beforehand and it was cool. It was, like, it was all great. Always good. And then he got on stage and wow, what a, I've never I've never seen him perform and he's just like beating his chest. He takes off his rips off his shirt. Here's this skinny little you know black guy pounding on his chest. There was some girl who was singing with him, accompanying him. Total darkness. Oh. She was standing in the shadows. Really? Just like she, he was lit. She was in oh, the shadows. Oh, that's grim. And we're just like, oh my god. And it couldn't. And his voice is. I mean, produced. It from. It sounds great on a CD, but live, not you so can't. Good. You can't hear him. There's, there's nothing uh, there. It's not it's good. Like, like gravel. Dear. So yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to talk her into anything else again. <laughs> I started actually going to my brother and his wife live in Glasgow and because like every time I go to a gig here all I get is where's your camera where's your camera so I've started going to Glasgow for gigs and stuff. nice <laughs> I'm like, I'll I get nice. nice and quiet there I've had a good mixture recently I had Tall's Man on Earth Slayer Kvalertek and Father John Misty who is great oh, yeah. love him big fan of him never liked Sweetboxes wasn't it I always get it wrong but now I've kind of like I've started to get into them a little bit too but he is great such a show man like, yeah. so good. Like, so what do you listen to for radio, if you might be asking? Because <laughs> not a lot anymore. It's pretty dire, I feel. Yeah, I find that like I just make Spotify playlists now. Yeah. Um, I find that when I listen to the radio, there's only so much Justin Bieber and Little Mix you can possibly. So what, what channel are you? Um, I, to be honest with you, it's very rare the radio's on for more than five minutes in the car till I get the phone plugged in. <laughs> There's nothing anymore. Like, I really find, like, everybody likes a bit of cheesy pop every so often, but there's just. 
nothing anymore and listening to bad radio DJ tape like speak I just I can't do it I get really annoyed and adverts for we would listen things. we'd have radio 6 on uh, in the house I used to listen to it a good bit and see but, whenever it was going to go boss whenever it was all going yeah. to go wrong I kind of got out of the habit of it and tried to find something else and then that was me I sort of haven't really got back into it but the only time I actually listen to it is on either Friday night when Iggy pops on yes or what is it maybe Sunday afternoon when Jarvis Cocker has something to say I need to listen to his I haven't listened to his show yet I used to love Pulp as a kid yeah I mean it, uh, there needs to be a DJ who has something to say this is it it's gotta be someone actually interested into the music that he wants me to listen to you know if they're just announcing songs over and over and over like one of the podcasts I listen to is Steve Jones mm. he has a radio show in LA and they podcast it. He has a two-hour radio show from 12 o'clock noon yes. to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But they only can podcast the, his him talking. They Not can't, the songs. They can't podcast the song. So it turns into a 20-minute or a 30-minute podcast. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he had Peter Frampton in the other day. Class. He had... Like, well, he gets, have to give that a go. He gets all these, like, great acts and personalities in. Because he's Steve Jones. It's just the interviews and that. It's yep. not the... And he's so, like, casual and relaxed. He burps. You know, he's, <laughs> he sits there with his shirt off <laughs> in a radio station. Oh, it's, so it's warm where And it's is. funny. It's, it's it, you know, so even though I don't get to hear the songs, he t- you know, he's always announcing the songs. And then you can look them up after and, anyway. Yeah. And then when he comes back and he goes, you know, that was just so-and-so playing. And him and the guests start talking about the song or whatever and they say hey this was great or that was shit and you know back and forth and then you go okay well I'll look that up uh, you see because that's the way you used to do music you used to talk to your friends and stuff about it but now yeah. it's like it's so easy to find music now I think it takes a little bit of the work out of it it's and they can be critical about it too yeah well that's the other time the other time I do listen is on Thursday nights on Radio 6 when they do their jury's jukebox thing mm. where, where they criticize you know yeah, I would music. be brutally honest it's yeah. like Sometimes there's there's some good stuff and there's some good guests, but sometimes there's some real crap. But it, you know, it's 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 worth it. Yeah, I don't think it's that good. I I really have stopped listening to the radio. The only thing I will. This is going to make me sound very, very uh, cultured, but Saturday night at the movies on Classic FM is amazing. What's that? <laughs> they have a show on Saturday nights on Classic FM, it's just all the theme tunes from the films. It's great. Really? So you're like making your dinner, but it's like playing the Jurassic Park theme tune and Star Wars and all, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> There's so much good movie music, it's class. Like. Oh, it's got to be better than that guy on Radio 6 on Saturday nights. <laughs> what is that guy? Is he awful? Oh, uh, he just plays R&B. Oh. He's got that horrible voice. My dad's got really addicted to absolute rock. I got my dad a digital radio and he's become completely addicted to it. It's never off in their house anymore. Yeah. Made me kind of jealous. I need to get a digital radio. I'm still keeping it old school. I still got the wee tiny old radio. I'm the record player and you can't really just listen to that. Well, I like that though because you have to get up and change things and actually pay attention. Yeah. Although I, I did spend 40 quid on a, that Boris band vinyl recently. Really? Which I probably shouldn't mention because the other half is going to string me up. <laughs> Told him it was a tenor. <laughs> <laughs> It was only 10. I supplemented the other 30. Yeah, the other 30 was tax. Traded it in photographs. It's bright pink, it's classy. Wow, cool. I'm a sucker. I have all these picture discs and all that. I used years ago, I worked in Virgin Megastores, and I used to just buy picture discs. 
because I liked the pictures. I didn't even have a record player. Yeah. Uh, but I just used to buy them because they were really cheap whenever I worked there. And um, it was so funny whenever me and Dee started going out. He was so impressed because I had all these super furry animals. <laughs> vinyl. But you never listened never to them. Never listened to them. <laughs> so he was so impressed. And it took about six months before I eventually fessed up. And I was like, I just bought those because there were dogs on them. I've never heard them. <laughs> I was like, I've never Still them. in the plastic. <laughs> They still have the stickers on them. And I worked in Virgin in like the year 2000. <laughs> it's like, I've never heard these. I know you think I'm really cool, but it's complete lies. <laughs> See the white snake one that's worn down yeah. like a millimeter thick? That's the one I listen to. <laughs> God love him. He was so impressed. <laughs> that's one thing I do miss. I miss proper MTV. Mm. The music videos. As well. oh, have great. music videos playing in the background and Better stuff. Be head, so when you have uh, White Snake, you know what's her name, crawling across the Jaguar, the hood of the Jaguar. <laughs> oh, so much of the bands I listen to is just such complete misogynistic crap. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Yeah. They didn't mean anything. That was the eighties, wasn't was it? The 80s, yeah. Kiss, Kiss were the worst for it. Oh, some of their lyrics. Oh, oh good. So they had actually Steve Jones had Ace Freely on a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I was listening to him. The thing is, as well, is I went to see Kiss a couple of years ago in Diamond. Was it Diamond? And um, Ace Frehley played a different stage with his own band mm -hmm. because basically uh, him and Peter Chris kind of got shunted out because Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley wanted more money and they wouldn't pay them what they wanted. So they basically just replaced them with new people with the same makeup on and because the makeup's copyright, like they couldn't even take their own makeup. So Ace Frehley played like on his own. Like I went to see him as well because he was great, but it was just like, it was... Like that's real. I hate so much about them, but I love their tunes. It's so bad. Like it's all right. Here's one for you. <laughs> Van Halen. Oh. David Lee Roth. Love it. Sammy Hagar. Oh, see, I don't know. It's like ACDC, and you know you've got your. Yeah. <laughs> your Scott. Yeah. Brian. <laughs> but I wasn't. Now you got to have any of that. So I was like, oh no. Power has a tune. Look. I don't listen to as much of Van Halen. I think I think it was real shitty when he turned around and replaced Michael Anthony mm. because Michael Anthony was staying friends with Sammy Hager. Yeah, that's just primary school politics right there. Like you can't be his friend because you're my friend. And he didn't even tell him. No. He just announced we're going on tour and I'm taking my son. My son's playing bass. Absolutely not, Slug. Absolutely mental. This is the thing, you listen to the music and you're like, I love this, and then you realise that some of them are really scummy people behind it. Jake's just saving money, just gets the people. I find when people as well are overly overly politicked. Mm. You know, they've got too much politics. Like, I think Michael Stipe and you two, you know, you're like, you're on the borderline there, guys, of being a little bit too political. But too preachy, yeah. And I'd rather just listen, you know, to rattle and hum without you actually telling me to donate, you know, my left arm for something. Also, let's be honest, if you have the money Bono makes, I think you can afford to do more for Charlie than the rest of us. Like, let's be honest. Uh, yeah. It's hard to take. It's hard to take. It is completely France. sincere. <laughs> and then who was it? You remember Peter Garrett from Australia? What was his band? Uh, he's the guy who actually became a politician. He was so adamant about it. Oh, 
Beds are burning. Oh, midnight oil. I don't know him that. So he actually went into politics then? Bald-headed guy? Bald-headed Translate, I can't think. Yeah, great band. Like yeah. Early 80s band, you know, kind of the alternative, the beginning of alternative. Yeah. Don't know them, I'll have to lose them. So he actually went into Well, you see, you know what, that's the right way to do it. It's like, if you really believe in it that much, like I understand. do it properly. Like, you know, you've got the stage and you want to make, yeah. you know, you want to do an Eddie better and you want to say something about homeless people. Or exactly. Ticketmaster or something like that. Okay, good. Okay, now play the music. Yeah. This is got it. that. I'll take that home with me. <laughs> I'm Morrissey. He's good at converting people to vegetarianism. I know three people turned after his last gig. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I, think, I think he's pushing the limit on that. He is a little bit. You know, when you, when you can't get any food at my event unless yeah. it's vegan. I know. And, oh, I, and I'm a vegan. I loved it because I could eat. <laughs> I was like, this is great. <laughs> you know, everything's safe. I... Yeah. He's a strange character. Like... What was it? He went in the John Ross show and he wouldn't sit on the sofa because the sofa was leather. But then he was wearing leather shoes. So he was, was he? Yeah. Was he really wearing yeah, leather Yeah, I think so. Maybe he wasn't. I remember reading stuff about it and being like he wouldn't sit on the sofa because it was leather. I have vegetarian shoes. I do too, actually. It's really hard to get good shoes that aren't made of leather. This is the one. Yeah. Shoes and toothpaste are the two things that ruin me. Yeah. It's like... What's in toothpaste? Oh, just that I won't buy stuff that's animal tested. So all the brands that are like... Like all the ones like Johnson's and yeah. Smith Klein and the rest of it, because they still do animal testing, I won't buy any of them. Oh. So it makes it a bit of a nightmare. I'm a nightmare to go shopping with, see for cleaning products and cosmetics. <laughs> do you use an app? I actually, to be honest, I started using, there's like one called Cruelty Free Kitty, which is like a blog. I use it a lot, and then there's, yeah. a, there's a Beauty Bunny app or something like that. Is one there vegan? Yes, I have that and one And I as well. use the Bicot one? And the wee Cruelty Free one. Bicot. Oh, I don't have it. Ooh. <laughs> And then Barnivore's great for booze. Yeah. Yeah, buy cut the orange. Oh, oh I don't have it. And it, you just scan the, the, oh, the barcode. That's a winner. Just scan the barcode. And then it tells you. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So you, with Bicot, you put in your parameters of what you believe in and mm. what your morals are. And so even though you might be vegan and anti everything else, yes. you might also be for palm oil or something. Oh, so yeah. See, this is the thing. It's like, it's a minefield now of trying to, Decide. there's only so much you can actually do with one person. Like. Well, I have leather shoes. Yeah. I have vegetarian shoes and I have leather shoes. And yeah, the leather shoes last a thousand times longer. I still have. I've been veggie. You gotta be practical every once in a while. I'm vegan for about a year and a half. And yeah, I still have leather stuff from 10 years ago that's still fine. Whereas exactly, yeah, like you say, there's things that will wear out yeah, every time. Being a, a, a vegan advocate, you know, because people kind of know me as being an asshole and <laughs> a vegan asshole. And it's awful tell people people are really like I find people trying to argue you out of it it's really weird and I don't preach to people to do it no, but I find I people trying to talk me out of it I, I, I don't I don't try to preach either but you know when lunchtime comes around and we're all sitting around catering and and you know they're I'm looking at the table and going uh-huh and they're going what with this what this well I'm vegan oh you're vegan okay you're asking me now so you've asked me so you've opened the door yes and I'm gonna walk you've through this door here we go and they go, oh, I didn't ask. <laughs> I know you didn't. In fact, I did. 
but I have a leather jacket, you know, and I just, I can't bring myself to wear it. Oh, I know what you mean. You know, yeah. it was a gift years ago, and it's a, you know, a really expensive leather jacket. Yes. It's really red. It's and if it's a like gift, a it's probably sentimental value there as well, yeah. <laughs> Can I wear it? I can't wear it. I shouldn't wear it. I should wear it. Ah, Who cares? Is anybody going to notice? <sighs> you may as well use it, I suppose. If it's already been done and someone got you as a gift, block. Yeah. No, it is true. I just find it's a bit of a minefield. Definitely cosmetics and things are a melt. What's that? Like makeup and stuff like that, but you don't oh. have to worry about it so much. <laughs> You're sorted. <laughs> I know Olivia goes through it. Yeah. Totally. I, I was lucky because I used to shoot a lot of cosmetics in LA. Oh, yeah. So a lot of the agencies and stuff that I'd worked for, they would have leftover product. Oh, that's great. And I would get all the cruelty-free vegan Brilliant. stuff. And I... For the first couple of years, I was commuting back and forth here. Yes. So I would bring cosmetics over for Olivia. That's class. Actually, so it's probably way easier to get stuff, yeah. <laughs> After she's seven, like eight, eight years, she's still using them. Oh, really? You got that much? That's well, amazing. Well, she doesn't have to wear makeup, right? She, she's yeah. always on the farm. She's so. sorted. That is very true. <laughs> Low maintenance, very low maintenance. It's the best way to be. Says me with the hair dyed off me. <laughs> I look weird now, I don't have it dyed though. People don't recognize me without red hair, it's really weird. Yeah. I did it back to normal once recently, kind of by accident, and just even my mom was like, you look weird, fix it. Just get it sorted. Well, you probably, I mean, it's like wearing a high vis vest, right? Yeah. As soon as you get into the pit or something, people go, oh, well, give really you some room and give you some respect. People and um, you don't, because like people don't know who you are when you're meeting them as a photographer. If you're working for the first time, I just say look out for the red hair. Damn, it's like a new budge. It's great. Yeah. Although it means you can't get away with anything. Like, you know, if I try to take the piss and stay in a gig and shoot extra from the crowd, they're going to catch me pretty quick. And they'll know who it is. Pull that baseball cap down yeah. real low. Die it black for like an evening. I'll be sorted like. <laughs> Although I have, a, I have a friend um, who I work for as a design agency and he keeps making me photograph restaurants as always. It's always burgers. And I'm like. Burgers? It's like, it's always restaurants that sell like burgers and ribs. And I'm like, stop making me do this. And it's because he's a friend. I'm like, oh, I haven't done any in a long time since I've been big and I haven't done any. Because I have this real sort of moral dilemma. I'm like, I don't want to let a friend down. But I don't really want to advertise this either. And it's this real kind of like moral dilemma that I haven't quite sort of settled myself with yet. Like, I, I have that sometimes. I, you know, I shoot for Tesco and for Lidl yes. and stuff. And, and you can't pick and choose the products that you're going to... And sometimes, you you know, you go to a chicken producer. Yeah. And it's a nightmare. That's what about, that's what turned me, actually. Was many, many years ago, I was working for a design agency that I utterly hated. They were awful to work for. And um, that's why... That's You'll have to tell me off air. Off air? Oh, I'll happily name them. They're called Manly's. <laughs> okay. I'll happily name them. They were awful to me, and um, it was just taking photographs of things in my backgrounds. But I had to do, a, I had to do like a that's so unprofessional, isn't it? But sure, I had to do a um, meat shoot. It was like a shoot for a brochure, and it was up in this meat producing factory, and it just made me so sad to my core that I just never. Ate. It wasn't like a massive decision. I just never ate meat again. I just was like, I can't do it. No one now where it comes from. Well, always having known, but never.
never having seen it firsthand. And I think if more people thought about that, they would go the same way. Do you ever notice a lot of those owners of those factories and stuff are very large? Yeah. They must be eating a lot of their own product. A lot of meat. It can't be good for you. Sure, it can't be good for you, like. <laughs> but yeah, it was at one point I photographed nothing but bits of rubber for a tire repair parts catalog and bits of meat for a meat brochure. <laughs> it was just like, I can't do it. was the boredom of it more than anything. It was the sheer, like, just things on white backgrounds all day, every day. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I hate this. Hopefully they paid you well. <laughs> Slightly. Are they still in business? No. I figured it out at one point um, that with the amount of overtime I was working for free, I was making £3 an hour. Holy <laughs> shit. It was brutal. Jeez. Oh, man. But you know what? It was a, it was a good lesson learned not to stick with something you don't enjoy. So yep. There well, was something in it like that. Absolutely. Yep. Do what you love, figure out a way to make money from it. That's exactly it. I don't need to be a millionaire. I don't need a fancy car. So. What? Why? I wouldn't be able to drive it, I'd be too worried. I'm Why do you need the fact that I've parked my mum's out there. <laughs> you gotta clean a 10,000 square foot house? Yeah. I'll need it through that. I got a 700 square foot house and I still don't clean it. <laughs> you got 17 dogs in there, there's no It's impossible to clean. <laughs> you can sweep the house three times a day. And you can tie brushes to the dog's feet and they could just walk around with them. Surely you could train them, be like we Disney movie, they could all help you. They're so like I have my office separate yeah. from from the from the dog area. Oh, I'm sure you need that though. Right? You got a dog for and hard drive. Oh my god, it's incredible. You don't just <laughs> you'd be vacuuming and vacuuming and vacuuming. <laughs> That's brilliant. I swear, like we've only the two cats now, three. You could brush up enough fur every week to build a new cat. Oh yeah. Like it's and they're tiny. How are they short hair? Bold. Yeah, they're all short hair. I don't know how they're not bald. They should look like those wee sphinx cats, those wee weird-looking baldy cats. Yeah. Like, there, there should be not that much hair come off three small creatures. It's insane. Because I wear black and dark colours nearly all the time. Uh, You're just covered constantly. I had to change. Yeah. I had to change my wardrobe. I'm going to start wearing way more white. Like California, you know, it was a lot of blacks. Whites, whites for the beach. Whites for the beach. But, you know, blacks for everything else. Yeah, black, because you always wear black at work. Always like. Or going out, you know, for an evening in LA. Does nobody wear color now? You wear black. <laughs> and, uh, but come here, oh my god. Yeah, it's pointless, like, absolutely pointless. I'm Everything's saying. light colors. I keep a collection of lint rollers in the car and just Ikea. get on and do it myself. Ikea yes. ones? Is it cheapest? Millions of them, they're everywhere, they're all over my house. It's hilarious. Like, anytime anyone comes to visit, your lint roller never hang <laughs> And that's only three cats. Wet, How do you not know that many? Wet towels work too for the car. Yeah, that's very true. I do. There's cat fur all over my car though. But the cats are never in the car, not in a box. So we don't understand her. There's cat fur all over it. You get in. Like, I bought a brand new black dress to wear. It was like a corporate job and I had to look sensible. So I just bought something new. Kept it in the bag, put it on as I was leaving the house. Still got cat fur on. It's like it's magic. It's just like, it's awful. You're covered. It's on all your food. I probably have herbals, never mind the cats. I eat that one. And Dee, dear love him, they torture Dee because he eats meat and I don't. So um, 
anytime he makes he eats meat. Yeah. How does that work? Ah, he just makes it himself. He most of the time, ninety percent of the time, he eats veggie stuff. But yeah. every so often, he loves something and see if he makes fish or meat. The cats are like meow, 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 like all sucking around him. He gets tortured. He can't eat his dinner. They're all up trying to steal it off the plate. Do you make him barbecue it or something? I no, I just I don't cook it. But I let him work away. Like there's no point forcing him to do it. He's a great cook. He makes loads of vegan stuff. Like so, yeah. I can't really, can't really torture him. His brother's veggie, ironically, but he's not. I've not talked to him in date. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awful. Nah, he did, uh, he did a panda burger, bless him. <laughs> he operates on the uh, all species or none kind of spectrum, and I'm the none and he's the all, so it's like... <laughs> there's no talking. My dad's horrified by it as well. You think it was poison, not food. And I'm like, you eat the vegetables anyway. <laughs> so you're a vegan. What do you eat? Love that question. What do you eat? What do you live on? My answer is generally gin and Oreos. <laughs> Everything. All you really need. Exactly. No, I was looking for the landing, but somebody was in the landing. Oh, uh, sorry. We've got this room booked for an internal meeting. That's all right. Yeah, We're all good. Anyway, I reckon good. I've been bending your ear for an hour anyway. I hear you. Is that Here, that design agency I mentioned for me. There too. <laughs> Wow, how fun was that? Carrie Davenport. Hope everybody was able to keep up with us there. Uh, We're getting kicked out, so uh, that's it for this week. Have a great day, have a great morning, have a great evening, and keep on listening. Thanks. Thanks.